Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedan, founder and CEO of Devian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Dedian, and today we have Michael Darko, who is the founder and CEO of Farrington Jets. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me, Christopher. I am so excited to talk about your journey and you as an entrepreneur, really dive into everything that you do within your company in the aviation world, as well as the finance world. But before diving into all that within detail, I give a small introduction of who you are. Do you mind unpacking that a bit more of who you are and what you do specifically? Yes, definitely. So who I am, my name is Michael Darko. I'm born and raised in London, England, but I'm currently living, or at least part-time living in Mexico City. Um, the founder and CEO of Farrington Jets. Farrington Jets is a security-focused private jet charter company. So that when I read that, that security-based aspect, what is it that you serve? What do you mean by security? Is this kind of like Uber for jets? So an affluent community, is it for uh, like people that are in that affluent community, but looking for security, like politicians, so on? Like, what are we talking about here exactly? Yes. So, uh, Everyone who uses our services and private jets in general, they tend to be of the com- affluent community anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, however, a lot of these individuals, they need a certain level of security when they do travel. So by having that aspect to our business, we do end up working with quite a few people within politics, um, within government who need extra security when on the ground, um, as well as VIPs, people who are in the corporate world that sometimes just to satisfy their insurance policies, traveling to certain parts of the world, they also need that extra level of security. So for example, we do a lot of travel through to Latin America, and for the most part, lots of lots of Lots of parts of Latin America are safe for the average person to travel to, um, but sometimes people do want that extra level of security as well, depending on the nature of their business, how um, publicly recognizable they are, etc. And instead of them having to go to a different places, also that security, we're able to manage that for them. And that's just on the ground, but of course in the air, the type of charters that we offer There's a wide range of jets you could hire for for any mission, but we also do our checks to make sure that our jets are relatively uh, modern. So we don't put our our clients in jets from the 70s, for example, or from the 80s, just in order to save a couple hundred bucks. But we'll make sure they're in a nice and modern aircraft. As well as that, recently refurbished. We check the maintenance logs, et cetera, to make sure that they have to correct insurance and licensing necessary. And on top of that, that the air crew as well, are the highest qualified possible for that specific aircraft. Okay. There's so much that we're going to unpack here as there's so many angles we could take with that conversation. So let me just specify. So you guys obviously offer the service of private jets, but on top of that, you offer a security to your consumers. So that means uh, security guards following them wherever they're going and then coming back on the jet after their trip, their business, whatever the case is. So that's kind of clear and very interesting that you kind of molded these two types of companies in one, which makes perfect sense because I guess 
you know, unless you're like really, really up there, not a lot of people have their security following them all around the world. They probably get security from different parts of the world. So if you guys are able to connect that, it just makes things more easy, what I understand. Now, my question to you is getting in this industry on an outside perspective, I don't know much about it, but I don't think it's necessarily easy. So Michael, I want to ask you, how did you get into it? How did you find this industry? Have you been traveling the world like in private jets and then you saw this opportunity? What's your story like in regards to that? Yes. Yeah, so my background is in offshore wealth management um, and that's what I studied and that's how what I've been working in over the, the, the course of my career, mostly. Um, I've done this in Dubai, in the Middle East. Um, I then moved to Medellin, Colombia, then Bogota, Colombia, um, before the inception of Farrington Jets. So I've always had a passion for aviation since childhood. Um, and, you know, I've had my first pilot's lesson when I was in my teens. And this was given to me by the Royal Air Force in the UK. So I've really always had that, that, that passion for aviation in my heart. But of course, life just took me down a different path. And I just got to a decision point of, trying to merge my passion as, alongside my experience and my network. So you could imagine working in offshore finance, there are a type of clientele there that would also fly in private aviation. Um, and I was also just trying to see the best way to invite people to the places that I've lived in and I've loved. Medellin, Colombia is one of them. Bogota, Colombia is another. As of more, more recently, Mexico City. Um, unfortunately, these locations haven't had the best reputation over the years. And flying to these places for whether it's business or leisure, sometimes you really do need that extra level of security to feel at ease depending on who the client is. And rather than trying to go between which company may offer the best security and not really know um, how to navigate the local landscape, we work with a world-renowned private security company that are run by ex-UK military that have the underground knowledge themselves, as well as the local contacts to make sure if you're using a local driver, who's probably going to be ex-military, ex-police, they're well vetted, that they know the local landscape, the current um, situation for security, whether it's local gangs, et cetera, and they could really make you as safe as possible while on the ground. I mean, the more you're speaking about this, the more I'm seeing a hole in the marketplace or understanding why you develop this because it makes perfect sense. Like, and once again, it's really that that marriage between the need and the desire of the consumer and making it the I most think. attached in one piece for them. Uh, so Michael, as you're kind of talking about this, I'm thinking about our audience and our audience is highly you know, based towards being entrepreneurs, uh, top tier earners, their peak performers, as this show is called the Peak Performance Greatness Show. And a lot of people on their vision boards or in their mind, they've always thought of owning a private jet because they see that as a, a level of wealth. They see that as the goal and so on. Now, Previously, years back, one of my coaches and mentors made me do the exercise because I had the same thing on my on my thing, on my vision board, because I wanted the flexibility to travel the world, but I didn't necessarily see just the toy of it, but the travel aspect. And then he's like, how much does it actually cost the jet? I had no idea. I shoot around some numbers. And then I'm like, all right, maybe I need to make X amount of money to have a jet, to put it in a hangar, to have the, the pilot and so on. And then he broke it down and he's like, you know what? If you just have X amount of dollars, you could actually have services such as yourself, maybe without the security, but there are services that are the jet thing. And he's like, this is how much you need per month in a standard way if you want to have access to a jet and travel the world for business and for leisure. Now, yeah. I'm asking you, Michael, what is that number? What is that logical thing? How much do you think our striving entrepreneurs need to 
create a lifestyle for to have that accessibility with private jets to travel the world? Yes. So it really does depend on a lot of factors. It's really hard to give a one figure fits all. Mm -hmm. So it would really depend how frequently are you traveling and the distances you're traveling and would be the, the major factors and the type of aircraft you are going to be flying in. All of these aircraft have a very different hourly cost um, versus another. So if you're flying with, let's say, four people in a very light jet versus, uh, let's say, a group of 10 in a B BBJ, it's going to be very, very different. Um, hourly pricing, hangar costs, maintenance costs, etc. So it's a really hard figure to really put a one-size-fits-all out there. Okay, so... If we, because I do want to know a number here, so let's 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 create a scenario. Let's create, like you said, that jet that's like not nothing crazy, but you know, if it's ten people standard, let's say the person travels three, four times a month and travels anywhere he wants around the world. What are we talking about here? Is this something that you need to be having, uh, like you know, saved an allowance for that for in the beginning six figures, mid six figures, top seven figures, not top seven figures, but like a beginning seven figures. What are we talking about in that regards? Okay, if I was to with the criteria you've laid out, yeah, um, anywhere in the world, um, for a year, I would say you should have a travel budget of at least about five hundred thousand US dollars equivalent. Okay, 500,000, and that's for a year. So half a mil per year, and you essentially be able to utilize this jet anytime, uh, any place around the world and just go around. That is more like tangible to me, that understanding of like that's that, that's that aspect. And what I understand is kind of like sharing as well, so you don't necessarily own the plane, far from it. It's a service that you are paying for and you have access to it. That's correct? Exactly. A service you have access to, that would be the budget I would advise for. If you were looking to own your own plane, then it would it could definitely far surpass that price. Okay. So I love that. Th thank you for, for clarifying that, Michael. Tell me about, about some of the, the growth uh, that you've had within the business in regards to your employees, in regards to where's your headquarters right now. What are some things that you're noticing as a leader growing a company that I'm guessing is quite, uh, you know, put around the world or so on and so forth. What are some of the challenges that you face on a daily basis in that regards as an entrepreneur? Yeah, so growing the company, it's uh, definitely been an interesting process. Um, we're registered in the United States as well as in the UK. However, we do have a remote team based around the UK, um, in Mexico, um, in Colombia, and in Canada as well. So we do have team members scattered all over the place. Um, and I've purposely kept the team lean. Hmm. Um, I really like to align myself with people within the team who have the same values, the same work ethic. And I think that's the, the hardest part. Prior to owning my own business, I had had to manage um, teams before and I've hated having to push people to work. I like people who actually want to work and they see the vision and they treat every client with the same sort of respect and appreciation and um, clients needs first as I had. Um, so that's why I've been very... Uh, picky when it comes to who could join the team and who not to, and I'll rather keep a, a, a more lean team for that reason. Um, please go ahead. No, 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 go, go for it. Go for it. Yes. Um, so in regards to growing the team, that, that has mostly been the challenge, just trying to find people that um, we've really aligned with. 
So, okay, that, that was kind of the correlating question that I wanted to ask, because you were saying, first of all, you want to keep a lean team. And I truly love that ideology. It's not necessarily about size, that leanness with the right people around your team could go so much further than just having numbers. It's about having the right people that have the right mission and vision, uh, understanding of the organization that they're going towards it and not necessarily working for the person, but working for that mission and vision. Now, my question to you is, as you're hiring these people, how are you able to find the people that are, like you said, you don't need to push them to work, but they're motivated? What are certain tricks or tools that you could give for anybody that's trying to hire these types of people? Definitely. I think I've been very fortunate in regards to find, being introduced to amazing people through word of mouth. So mm -hmm. people who really understand me, know me, um, know the company and know the vision some of them are clients, some of them we've partnered with in various different ways, and they happen to know someone else who's now in the job market, now looking for a new opportunity who they've, again, previously worked with or they've known per um, personally, and we've been able to really get to know each other before jumping into business together off nice. of, the of a recommendation. Yeah, that's that's always a, a great tool to have the somebody that can be referred to you because, like you said, it's come it's it's a better source of information. Uh, the person is going to refer you to somebody that they know, or so on and so forth, that they know what kind of uh, quality of service they give or quality of work. So it's always good in that regards. Michael, my next question for you yeah. is: So the show is called the Peak Performance Greatness Show, and I truly believe everybody has high levels of performance within them. Now, high levels of performance comes with your habits, rituals, and your methodologies that you do on a daily basis. So it's obvious just by looking at you, what you're running and just doing what you're doing, that you're a highly successful individual. What are some of the habits and rituals that you do on a daily basis that are non-negotiable, even if you're either in Colombia, Mexico, London, because you travel a lot as well. A lot of my top tier executive clients tell me it's hard to keep a habit when you leave your home and you go about so what are some of the habits and rituals that you keep on a daily basis to be a high-performing individual? Definitely. Um, I think they are very basic fundamental habits that I have. So nothing that people are going to be super shocked about or surprised, but to-do lists, always have a to-do list. Mm -hmm. So no matter where you are, especially if you've traveled, you're, you've woken up jet lagged, you're, you don't have your usual routine, have everything written down so you never miss a trick. You get everything done that you need to get done. Uh, meditation has really helped me as well. Just mm -hmm. in the morning, as soon as you wake, wake up, take some time to meditate, to clear your thoughts. So you could start your day, your work day with a fresh mind, not with thoughts about yesterday or things that you might have to do, uh, clouding your, your mm -hmm. thoughts there. Um, take time to have a break. This is something that I've learned recently. Um, I think for people like you and I and people who are tuned into this podcast, we work really, really hard. That's something that we have in common, probably a very strong work ethic. But you do need to make sure you take a break to do the things you enjoy, whether it's with your family, whether it's by yourself or with your friends, to remind yourself why you're doing it. And so again, keep a clear mind when it's time to work. Okay, I love that. Let me just highlight a couple of the, the ones that you mentioned. So first of all, almost have a to-do list. So have a specific structure so you won't forget it. It diminishes the cognitive pressure from reminding, from remembering it in your mind, and it's on the paper. Second thing, meditation. I'm a huge fan of meditation. We've spoken about it at length on this podcast. So be able to center yourself. And then finally, another thing, huge, huge, huge props to you for mentioning it, because like you said, high performers have a hard time with this, taking a day off. And this day off is not instrumental on you not succeeding or you not putting your 110%. In fact, it's a quite opposite. When you take a day off, you're leaving room for your subconscious mind to find the answers to the problems 
or the solutions to the problems that you've been working on throughout the week. So take that time off to spend with your family and so on and so forth. I love that. Michael, you mentioned something else and just kind of clicked to me. So I'm blessed to to be a professional speaker and really travel the world and give speeches to Fortune 500 companies, top tier entrepreneur groups and travel the world in doing that. And every single time I see professionals who travel the world, I always ask them, what are some of the tricks that you potentially use to diminish the jet lag? I've heard all kinds. Before coming into what I've learned, what I've tested, I want to know, Michael, what do you say? What have you done? Because obviously you are in the travel industry and you probably travel a lot, like you mentioned. What are some things, what do you do or you just tough it out? What are some of the tricks that you have for jet lag? Um, I would always say try, It's not. it depends where you're traveling between. Sometimes you don't always have this luxury, but wherever possible, try and find the best time of day for you to travel. So for mm. example, if you are someone that likes to fall asleep on planes, then always try and travel at night. So at least you get your sleep in that night. If you can't fall asleep on a plane, then try and travel during the day as well. So then at least you know you're going to get a full night's sleep. I think little tricks like that, wherever possible, again, it's pretty hard for people in our in our uh, line of work. And by that, I mean entrepreneurs, highly performing individuals. But if possible, try and get a day break from when you land to readjust your sleep schedule if possible. Um, and I'll say those are the, the, the best things to do. And sometimes, unfortunately, you just have to push through. If you can't get a flight that you want that allows you to land in, at the time you want and uh, you have to jump straight into work, sometimes it's just a matter of drinking a mug of coffee and just getting down to it. <laughs> I truly love the way you broke it down, though, because it makes perfect sense. First of all, it's being self-aware of what is your sleeping patterns and what is your energy patterns. And if you're saying you sleep on the plane, then fine, do a red eye and that, that's good for you. But if you have a hard time sleeping, sitting up, or you don't have, you're not comfortable, not in a bed, then that doesn't make sense. Do it during the day. So just that distinction I've seen is huge. And as a professional to have that buffer, and I always tell my team, especially if I'm going and giving keynotes uh, on stage, I'm like, hey, give me like a 24 hours before a minimum so I could settle in. So on and so forth. I love that aspect. And some stuff that I've heard as well, Michael, I'm going I'm to kind of mention it. You tell me what you think. Some people have told me once you get into that city or that, that country, go take off your shoes and walk on the grass so you could connect energetically. Some people have said the second you land, go do a workout that kind of restructures you. Then you go to bed. Uh, I've kind of heard it all, like drink a lot of water, so on and so forth. So yeah, those are the ones that I've heard, tested out some of the stuff. I'm actually going to Qatar in a couple of weeks for the World Cup. So I'll test it out again and see if that works. But that's more for leisure. Uh, but yeah, thank you for sharing your knowledge in that regard. Uh, Michael, my next question for you over here. Once again, clearly, it is obvious that you've succeeded from one industry to another. You're in a very, uh, uh, very like potent and like a, a very specific industry that's uh, serving in a, uh, an affluent community. And we learn a lot from people's successes, right? But we also learn, and if anything, I think we learn more from our own failures and from other people's failures, right? I think there's more lessons within that. So my question to you is, currently right now within your business, what is something that you're having a hard time with, a difficulty with, a challenge, or maybe you're even failing at? And how do you go about fixing it? What are the logical steps that you're looking at right now to fix it? So what's something that's challenging with you right now within the business? And what do you think that you're gonna to do to fix that challenge? Very good question. Um, I would say consistently trying to increase the market share. Of course, the 
industry of private aviation is growing and it's grown at a much faster rate over the last couple of years as well. So that's fantastic. There are many more people that are flying for the first time um, and companies like my own are, are here to grab a piece of that market share. Um, what we found more challenging is getting clients from the competition that have flown with specific charter companies for decades. Um, mm -hmm. and I would say that's the biggest challenge at the moment. Um, and we've just had to be innovative and creative. Um, and I've sat down with our team and some external advisors, and we've really found the way we're breaking into that at the moment is by offering more than what the competition is essentially offering. So we've set up our private travel experiences, um, which are very unique experiences. We've partnered with some of the most creative minds when it comes to travel around the world. And we've been able to offer experiences that can't be found anywhere else. So when we put these in front of our clients, especially on the leisure front, um, and they their jaws, jaws drop and they're really excited about this experience. And the only caveat of experiencing this is by flying with us, um, which is forms part of the experience. We, we now have a new opportunity to present them with the type of service they can expect with Farrington Jets. Unfortunately, that's now brought new clients that have previously fl flown with the private jet charter company that their parents had flown with and sometimes even their grandparents had flown with and now we're now an option for them. Okay, so I love that. So essentially knowing the, the landscape of first and foremost, once again, talking to the affluent community, it's probably generational with the same company that they live with so they have a certain understanding. So for you to kind of pierce the market, you have to give an added value and your added value is like you said, the security aspect, everything else that you're looking for. So I love that. Now, how do you communicate to those people that you have these services? Do you do like different marketing campaigns? Do you just go like network a lot? Are you shaking hands? Is it to word of mouth? What are certain strategies to really medicate that situation and get more market share within the, the, the jet industry? Definitely. So partnerships have been amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm really just partnering up with the right uh, people and companies within the industry. So they already have a trusted client base. So it may be a client base of 10 or it may be a client base of a thousand. Um, and if they offer luxury travel concierge services, for example, or um, bespoke villas or uh, unique villas around the world, um, it could be um, within the private medical industry, et cetera, entertainment industry. When you partner with those people and they really take a liking to you, they really believe in what the company offers. And of course, fortunately for them, they're a bit of affiliate marketing or affiliate commission in there to sweeten the deal for them. You would be surprised about how they become salespeople for your company and advocates and they've already got the client base there. And now their client base is now yours. Okay. I, I love this and I'm going to highlight it to the best of my abilities because what you just said, Michael, over there is really gold. Anybody wants to grow anything, okay? But we're talking about specifically business, but anything, it's in collaboration that a lot of the success is there. If you look at like famous artists, what do you think they always do features? Because they want to go collaborate with somebody. So that person's community or that person's fans sees that person. So if you're doing the same thing within XY industry, XY this, they're going to be able to spot you and connect with that trusted other brand and then create this uh, growth for you. Furthermore, it is such a great business to offer referral fees, right? Somebody's telling you, hey, I have this guy. I know him. He's amazing. He does jets and send him to him. That person that spoke to him in business, if you give him a cut, like you mentioned, it's going to become a free salesperson for you. And not only like in regards to a salesperson, but it's just great business. So I love the fact that you've mentioned that. That's how I started a lot of my business and I still grow a lot of my speaking and coaching business. And I do know that it works very well. So Michael, 
I could talk to you, I feel like, until tomorrow morning. But my last question over here is, where is the best place? If somebody's listening right now, wants to communicate with you, wants to get to know you more, wants to look, figure out the potential, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm looking to potentially get a private jet. Where's the best place to connect with you, your team, and your services? Yes, definitely. So to connect with our team specifically for uh, aircraft or, or a quote on our, one of our private jets, our website is the best place. So that's www.farringdonjets.com. Um, we could be found on social media with at Farringdon Jets on Twitter, on Instagram as well. Um, and you can find us on LinkedIn with Farringdon Jets. If they want to connect with me personally, I'm found on most social networks with at Mike underscore is underscore where. So Mike <laughs> is where with an underscore separating the, the words. <laughs> Okay, that that's that is a really funny and catchy uh, tagline for uh, for your socials. Mike is where so he's traveling all around the world. Where is he at? I love that. So everything you mentioned will be in the show notes. Michael, once again, awesome job. Thank you for coming here and just giving us some of your knowledge on how you're growing your business and good luck with everything that you're doing, brother. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for me for having me and good luck to you and the audience as well. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Fitness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or intrapreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.